Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Talks with Tatiana. On today's episode, me and a few special guests will be sharing our college experience and giving advice to incoming college freshmen and advice to current college students while also covering topics about college life from different perspectives. On today's episode, it's a special episode, so instead it'll be broken up into different segments, giving advice about college life based on our experiences, such as segments covering academics, extracurriculars, outside of academics such as parties, relationships and friendships, college life with coronavirus and the bad racial climate we're facing, things we were successful and unsuccessful in, and then the do's and don'ts of college. Now I would like to allow these amazing current college students and recent college graduates the chance to introduce themselves. So my name is Ariel Moore. I am a rising junior at American University, which is very much a PWI as I was explaining to you <laughs> earlier. And I am a theater major communications minor. Thank you for coming. Of course, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Dominique Whitehurst. I am, um, I got my undergrad for, from the University of South Florida in mass communication that's in Tampa, Florida. And then just recently, I just graduated with my master's in sports management from the Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University, or FAMU, as many people know it as. And um, I'm from Pensacola, Florida. And thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Jalen Henry. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida, and I attend Yale University. Um, it's, it's a, uh, it is definitely a PWI, it's an Ivy League school, and um, I'm a sophomore, and my major is psychology. Thank you all so much for being a part of today's show. Um, as you all can see, we have different perspectives on here today from PWI to HBCU to Ivy League. So we're definitely covering all of the bases here. Um, would you all like to briefly just tell a little bit about your experience at your specific college? We can start with you, Jalen. Um, so basically I've been at Yale for one year and it's been completely different than anything I've experienced before. Um, one of the biggest things that you hear about Ivy League schools going in is that, you know, they're the top academic schools in the nation. And, you know, I definitely think that in many ways that you're going to learn the same things, but it's definitely different things culturally wise. Um, you know, there's definitely, you're learning from different professors that are, you know, that have invented and created and, and found the stuff that you're researching. And also, you know, you're definitely just interacting with a lot of different people that you probably wouldn't have met before. Um, definitely a lot of international students and, you know, definitely something I hadn't really um, experienced before. Definitely a lot of people from way more upper class backgrounds uh, than I've been used to. And it's been overall a great experience. Um, thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, Ariel, would you like to share? Uh, yeah. So I am originally from Philadelphia. I forgot to mention that in the intro. And I feel like Philly is like a very sort of like, I would say really like a domestic kind of space because we really are kind of close knit. Like most of the people that I know are from the city. So leaving the city and like being on my own 
really exposed me, even though it was like a couple hours away, it exposed mm -hmm. me to like a culture and a lot of cultures that I had never really experienced before. So it was like interesting being in DC, interesting sort of like being in this sort of like new area. Um, and a little bit of like what Jalen was saying about um, being at a PWI and just like being in a, in an area where you're not, where you're the minority. I mean, of course, you know, we are minorities just being in the area and being in the country that we're in. But um, I never felt like in my city, like I was kind of the minority. And then going to AU, it was just really interesting seeing that there was just so much more that I had never like been part of. Um, but I think it sort of forced me to go out of my comfort zone. And even though it was like more difficult for me to find people of similar or people of different backgrounds, it like really forced me to actually go outside of what I was used to. And I think it's actually been a great experience because it is quite diverse. So I've just been appreciating the social aspect as well as the academic aspect. Um, it is kind of, I guess there is sort of like a Western-ish slant to the way that we learn things and the way that we sort of like learn things in like higher education. So that was kind of difficult for me to um, get past. But like I said, like I kind of had to just do the work to find my own resources and that really was helpful. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I definitely, I lived in like the Maryland area, which is like the, I guess the DMV. So yeah, it's yeah. Really a transition to go from somewhere like that. That's really diverse to like, but yes, thank yeah. you for sharing. <laughs> Dominique. Um, for me, when I went to my PWI at uh, South Florida, it wasn't so much of, oh my gosh, I'm at a PWIs because I automatically connected with like the like-minded people and like the like all the black people with within your stuff and um but of course there is a difference when i'm in the classroom because then it's i myself plus one other african-american and mm -hmm. i didn't have my first college professor that was black until my senior year of, mm -hmm. of being with my pwi and but so then when i transitioned to hcu it was a whole different dynamic because then now mm -hmm. it's like there's more like-minded people that look like me. And so much now when I speak, I'm not speaking for the entire black race versus when I was at USF. Now I'm speaking for Dominique. And like you, you feel more confident, you feel more prideful about yourself. Because yes, I was still confident in myself when I was at USF and it, it, it wasn't so hard for me to fit in, but it's just, it's just more of an ease when you're around people that look like you and talk like you and act like you. And it, it just shows you the, like, like the dynamic that we're been thrown around between us three. And honestly, I didn't really have a hard transition period between me being at my PWI and being at HBCU because I, I loved it um, through organizations, through my friendships, through my jobs, the connections that I've made. It really honestly made my, my time there easier. And, but like I say, like the culture, it's a culture shock. I mean, here, like legitly for me coming from USF to FAMU, it was legitly a huge culture shock that of course I had to adjust to. But overall, yes, there's differences, but I feel as though my experience person personally wasn't really a big, oh my goodness, if I had to choose this one I would go to. Like, I am who I am today because of my PMY and my HBCU, so. 
Right, yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Um, <clears throat> before we get into the advice segments, I wanted to just do a little Q&A. So first, I'm going to ask you guys some personal questions about your experience. I know you guys kind of already touched on some of the things. Um, and then I'll ask some questions to the whole So Ariel, I will start with you. Um, what has been your experience being um, a minority and a woman at your PWI? Um, I think it has been um, like challenging in a good and a bad way. Like it's been frustrating really trying to sort of like make myself heard because um, a lot of teachers, even POC teachers have this sort of notion that like you still have to prove yourself or you still have to like as a black person still, um, you know, um, like Dominique was saying like you have to speak for your entire race which I feel like is so um belittling and so frustrating but it was something that I kind of had to recognize like this is not going away I have to learn how to deal with this and it was also good that there was I think at AU but I don't know if this is like a common theme at PWIs but I think that there is a tight-knit black community and like or at least that I've been able to like find and be able to build because we're sort of you know like united in our experiences and we're really good at being able to advocate and fight for each other so that was helpful um like relying on like their resources and relying on each other to sort of like help and uplift each other through you know navigating this kind of social and like academic climate um but yeah like just trying to advocate for myself and trying to like find my voice also as a theater major um because I had never like I kind of took theater classes before in high school but I never really was like very like engulfed in the world of theater the way I am now so it was hard for me to find my voice in that way and it was hard for me to like find my vulnerability because like you rely so much on your vulnerability when you're acting and as someone who is not from the city who you know is like the only black girl in this classroom like it's hard for me to be vulnerable it's hard for me to like you know really show my emotions because you know like where I'm from like I'm not really used to all of that so it was hard for me to kind of overcome that at first but I really just had to like say like I'm not a background character I'm not a um, I'm not a stereotype, like, you're not going to pigeonhole me in this way. Like, I really just had to fight for myself and recognize that I do have a place here. I have to sit at this table. Like, it's just really something that you have to sort of drill into everyone that you are, like, you encounter. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially being in, like, two very underrepresented parts of being not only Black, but being a woman, too. It's very much so always advocating for yourself. So I definitely feel that. Um, how do you feel like you've progressed since first starting college and now being a junior? Um, I actually feel like I've progressed a lot because I've been able to sort of, like, scope out my own resources I've been really able to network a lot better and like I was saying like where I am in uh in my university like I kind of have to carve places out for myself so I'm really good at just um like being able to navigate sort of like uncomfortable or different situations so I think that's really helpful also I feel like because I am like I think 
we can all attest to this, like college and just being in your major, like really helps you to sort of um, be really specific in the way that you learn things. So I think I've really grown as an actress, which is exciting to see. Um, a lot of my friends who study like political science or um, international relations are like, well, I don't really see it paying off as much. Um, just because I think within the arts, like since you're sort of like, it's a lot of repetition and you kind of have like with visual arts specifically, like you get to see the feedback. So mm -hmm. I think it's been interesting being able to sort of see my growth, like physically see my growth um, as an actor. So it's just, you know, you're gonna get like a multiple, like a multifaceted experience in this kind of growth when you're at, you know, university. Right, yeah, I definitely think like the majors that are like journalism and like acting, they definitely get a lot of hate towards it because people are kind of like, what are you going to do with that career? But yeah, I'm glad that you have found your growth in that. And then lastly, what is some brief advice that you can give about college life since you've been in college for two years now? Um. Number one, don't go to frat parties. <laughs> that is kind of like a big sign rule. Um, <laughs> um, and also, I really did not realize, I mean, of course, people don't grow overnight, but I was really naive thinking that people would sort of go to college um, being adults or being mature, which is mm -hmm. like, People still don't wash their clothes. People still don't know how to, you know, act civil in the um, like the food uh, or like the cafeteria line. I'm just like, come on now, you know what I mean? So I think um, just trying to or like recognizing that not everyone has that kind of home training has that kind of home training. Not everyone is. Um, as mature as you are is like a piece of advice that you should probably stick close to because it kind of, it hit me a lot harder yeah. than I thought. <laughs> and also, um, I didn't realize this until it was maybe too late, but it was quite late. Um, office hours are actually really helpful and they actually are sometimes the difference between a passing grade and a failing grade i think having a good relationship with your professors even sometimes if it feels like it's impossible like i mean i guess it's different like if your professor is actually like difficult and is like you know not like a toxic person maybe steer away from that but going to office hours really trying to advocate for yourself and build a relationship with your professors is a really really important way to sort of like maintain your academic uh success Thank you for all of that. I definitely agree with all of that, um, especially like every, I always say that it was a culture shock that um, some people are really just raised a lot differently than you. Um, so yeah. Um, all right, so Dominique, now I have a few questions for you. Um, how would you say college life changes as you get older, um, like the closer you get to and you start taking classes that are more your major and not prereqs? Um, like we all go to school for what we want to do when we grow up, or at least we think we do. So mm -hmm. like, for me personally, like, yes, I was in my prereqs, but I was just like, okay, let's just get this over with. Like, I didn't mm -hmm. really, like, start embracing my college journey until I got to my journalism classes and to my reporting classes because that's what I do. That's what I love to do. But honestly and truly, like those in my mind, those were the classes that mattered more to me versus my friends. 
because like I said, like those, that's what I wanted to do. And these are the skills I'm going to need in order to build myself to be the success that I dreamed that I can be. And after I graduated, like everything I've learned versus everything I learned outside the classroom, I was able to bring it back together in full circle. But as you get older, the stakes are higher for you to want to go back to school. Mm -hmm. Me personally, it was a very hard decision for me to go to, to get my master's because I'm in work, I'm starting my career, I'm in my, my career job, I'm starting to build myself so that I can be able to get more jobs. And so it's like, do I stop what I'm doing now? And all, all that I've learned, take a pause to go learn more education, will I still be re relevant? Will I still be a competitor in my field? Like, yes, I'm getting a master's and that's gonna just increase my pay, my pay grade, but it's like my skill level. And um, like I said, it's, it's a hard decision, but once you do it and you see the benefits of it and you start to reap the benefits from it, you all see what what happens. But I always tell people like, I, I know you want to do this, I know you want to do the math and the Englishes and the readings, but like, get it done. That's why I always preach like dual enrollment to um, college yeah. who, are, who are just going, like if you can do it while you're in high school, do it. If you can get that AA while you're still in high school, do it because then you'll just jump right into your major classes and then you'll you'll understand like this is what we do like we do this this is why we do it and like like i appreciated college my undergrad during my four years but it's like i didn't really start having fun fun in my classrooms until i was able to go out in the field and do reporting go out in the field and like see myself on camera and learn how to do this and that and so it's just like you just have to like just do the course do the course so you can get to what's fun great yeah um, and then I know um, you just talked about how you went from undergrad to PWI, or you did your undergrad at a PWI, and then you did your grad at HBCU. So did you feel like a transition in like the drive for getting your degree stuff, like with that transition? Oh, most definitely. Like I, like when I was applying for my master's, I knew I wanted to go to HBCU because like I said, I already had my PWI experience and I loved it, but it's just like, let's see what's on the other side of the hill. Like I, I, I got this four years, I've got all I needed to do. So it's like, let's see this experience on the other side. And, um, but the thing is for my major, there's not that many HBCUs that offer sport management. And I think FAMU is like one of the two or three that offer offer that program. And so I knew FAMU was a choice. And FAMU has always been a school that I've always um, wanted to go to. It was one of my picks during undergrad, but I decided to go to USF instead. And so of course, when the opportunity came up again for me to go to FAM, of course, I was gonna take, take the opportunity. But like I said, mm -hmm. it's definitely different. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a culture shock, I keep saying that, but it's like I say, it's like when you go to a, when you go to a PWI, when you see black people, you're like, Okay, you're black, you're black, <laughs> so we can be friends. And that's, all, that's, that's the only thing that, that bonds us together before we start seeing people. But when you go to HBCU, everyone around you looks the same. And so now it's like, okay, I'm your friend because of A, B, C, and D, not just because you're black. And so it's like, it's, it's very different, but um, your undergrad self and going to college and get your master's degree self is totally different. Mm -hmm like your mindset's different, the way you approach things are different because now you're an adult. They expect you to act like an adult. They expect you to have this big full-time job in order to pay for all of this. And so it wasn't so much when I went to my, I was trying to make as many connections as I can, like go to as many parties as I can, hang out, do it like versus when I was at my PWI because I have four years. Here I only have three and a half. And so it's like, 
you gotta get down nitty gritty, do what you gotta do and go to the next thing. And so, um, yes, it was different, but not so different because I was going from a PWI HBCU. It was just different because of I've grown, like I've grown up more, I've matured more. And so like, I now had a new expectation. So. So you basically covered, um, I guess, my next question about um, going from grad to, um, or going from undergrad to grad. You said that it definitely is um, a huge transition, which I can only imagine. Um, so did you ever feel like when you went to your HBCU, did you ever feel obligated to explain Black culture to a non-minority? Um. No, not really, because I mean, if you're not a minority going to HBCU, you already know what you're stepping into. You're a black university or college. And so it's like, if I have to explain to you, and if, if, if I don't explain to you, I guarantee you someone in your classroom is going to explain it to you. It's going to be explained to you through the curriculum. It's going to be explained to you through your professors. It, it's like the unspoken is spoken at HBCU versus like at a PWI you have to like like stepping on eggshells no at HBCU the eggshells are being broken they're being pulled <laughs> apart like like it, it's it's a open more platform like because like one thing about fam they have really taught me like if you feel like something you said stand firm on it like stand flat-footed and build up what you have to say but my classrooms there wasn't really many on um minorities in my classroom and the, and the ones that I did have they knew what was up. And so there was no need for explaining. There was no need for having like that, that eye that you have to, because I, I guarantee you in the PWI, <laughs> that one person will be like that, okay, like that side eye too. But in my classrooms, nah. And at HBCU, I guarantee they'll put you in your place real quick. Like right after the words are spewed out, someone will put you in your place. Right, understandable. Um, and then what is some brief advice that you can give about college life um, since you've graduated both undergrad and grad school? You have both of those experiences. Um, so any advice that you have for that? Um, of course, have fun. <laughs> like <laughs> these, these years, we're in our early 20s, like mess up. It's okay if you mess up. It's okay if you at your four year mark, you got your degree and you're like, eh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. It's it's okay. Like there's no one holding like and it's okay if you see everyone getting all these big jobs, you see everyone being successful and you're still moving back home, going eighty like it's okay. Like no matter how many no's you get, it takes one yes for you to soar and for you to fly. I've learned right. that like you have to have fun. Understand that everyone ain't your friend. It's like it's, it's quality over quantity. Like to this day, I have my four, I mean, not four, excuse me, my three friends I've known, we've met freshman year, and to this day, like, I've, we've been weddings, like, we master's degrees, like, I'm telling you, they, they were my roommates all through college. Like, if you get your solid, your solid friendship, that can rock with you through the ups and downs, so I'm telling you, colleges have your ups and downs, you get that, that faithful few that can go to the party, if they feel gonna take care of you after the party, that's gonna go to the library. Like friendships are that was like my major thing because you're away from home. And so anything that can help you feel like family when you're away from college, embrace that, keep that, and never doubt yourself. Like because you're gonna doubt yourself a lot. And never let someone turn you from what you believe in. Stand firm in your beliefs. And whatever that back of mind, that 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 conscience back in your head, listen to that. Like, if you, if, especially in these days that we're living in, like, you have to be extra 
extra super duper careful. And like I said, just have fun. Like everybody that's with you ain't for you. And you have to understand that. I had to, I learned that so quickly. Everybody that's with you ain't for you. And once you understand that and understand like your time, like your timing will come. Like you don't rush the process because you're gonna, you're gonna miss it. If you're running, you can't see what's in front of you, behind you, on the side of you. So just walk your race. Don't run it. Just walk it. Understand the doors that need to be open will be open for you. Point blank. Period. Okay, and then lastly, Jalen. So um, my first question for you is what has been your experience being a minority and a man at a Ivy League school? It's definitely been very interesting um, in many ways, being that, you know, for one, uh, you know, I think Black people make up like at most 7% of Yale's population. And then, you know, they, you know, there's definitely, there's, different claims to diversity and stuff like that but it's it's you know overall not a hugely diverse school and um you know that can definitely be kind of daunting at times because you see yourself and you might be the one of the few black people in your lectures one of the few black people in your seminars and um it's, it can be interesting you know um one thing that i've enjoyed about my yale experience so far is that even though there aren't a huge amount of black people it doesn't feel like there is a shortage of and, you know, I've definitely made a lot of friends with the black community at Yale is very uh, tight knit, uh, definitely because of the fact that there's so few of us, you know, we kind of have to stick together in that way. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's been very different um, because, you know, especially in my high school, um, my high school was basically 50-50 um, black and white and, you know, other minorities as well. But uh, just going back to being such a minority has definitely been a culture shock for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and then what has um, has discrimination been particularly bad at um, Yale? Because it's an Ivy League, which is like kind of a step up from a regular PWI. And I know like we went to the same high school and I remember people were even like, oh, like Jalen's going to Yale. Like he probably got in on like a football scholarship and everything. So like, yeah. How is the discrimination? Like, is it worse or do you think it's worse? I think it's definitely a bit different. Um, for one, you know, I, I've only experienced maybe one or two blatant instances where people were, you know, disrespectful to me in some way, or, you know, I kind of felt that uh, condescending tone. And, you know, in that case, you know, I mean, being who I am, I'm going to respond, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, so it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, I don't think that it's been worse necessarily than, you know, some of the things that, we've experienced, you know, in the South and high school, but it's been different, you know, uh, you know, definitely people try to treat you differently or people look at you differently or they try to invalidate your accomplishments, you know, or in invalidate your blessings because, you know, they feel like they did more than you to get in or they did, you know, or their, their parents had more money than you. So, you know, you don't deserve to be in the same position. And uh, because of that, it's, I definitely felt a little bit of discrimination and, you can definitely see it in certain circles, and you know you can definitely see it because um, I'm just you know like I, I played uh, I played football at uh, Yale, and um, because of that you know you can you can you can tell like you know we're bigger than most of the other people, and so you know we're walking around, um, you definitely get the look sometimes, and it's just like you know it's it's kind of you know you get the side eyes, you get the oh you know it's them you know whatever, and uh, it's it's definitely something I've learned to live with, something I've learned to ignore. 
Um, obviously, when it's when it's direct, you know, I can deal with that. But you know, if it's if it's somebody, you know, just being kind of indirectly disrespectful, it's definitely something I've just had to move past on and uh, move past from and work for myself. Um, and, you know, it definitely is kind of touched on to this thing that uh, I learned about called imposter syndrome. And you know, when you feel like, you know, maybe you haven't done as much as the person next to you, and that you don't deserve to be there. And, uh, you know, it can really tear you up sometimes thinking about it because, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's it kind of touches on your insecurities. You're like, you know, maybe I don't. But, you know, the more, you know, I, the more you realize that at the end of the day, you're doing the same work in these classes that, you know, all these other people are doing, um, you know, you really have to find it in yourself to understand that, you know, you're doing just as much and you're valued just as much as university as they are. And so that, that definitely helps me deal with that discrimination that I Right, yeah. And then you just touched on being an athlete. Um, what has been like your, well, you kind of touched yeah, on being an athlete at an Ivy League school. So do you have any advice in general about um, going to an Ivy League school and just advice about college and then also just advice for any incoming athletes that are going to college? So um, I will say, I'm actually, um, so the Ivy League works a little differently. We don't work on scholarships. So I, uh, I actually decided that I would stop playing this next semester, you know, with everything going on. And uh, the Ivy League also canceled their uh, season. And so uh, basically for me, the biggest adjustment that I had to make was learning how to manage my time. Um, you know, they always tell you that time management is a huge part of being an adult and a part of being a college student. But, you know, when you come in as an athlete and you have you know, like huge time commitments daily um, for your sport. And then you also have, you know, these rigorous academics that you're you're staying up all night studying for. Uh, it can definitely take a toll on you. And I, I think, you know, the biggest thing you have to worry about as a as an athlete or just as a regular student in general um, would definitely just be time management, you know, understanding that, you know, for one, and, and it's, it goes both ways, you know, time management saying that, you need to make sure you have time to do your work, but also time management in the way that you need to find some time to relax and find some time to, you know, calm yourself down. Because if you work yourself too hard, I mean, that's, that can be just as bad as not working enough because you can burn yourself out. And so uh, for me, that was that's the biggest thing from my experience that I've learned, um, just trying to manage my time better and uh, try to use resources, uh, you know, because it's definitely a hard thing to both try to manage your time and try to, you know, reach out. But it's important to try to reach out for help when you need it, um, especially when you're in this kind of situation. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, thank you all so much for sharing your comments and your experiences. Um, and so now before we get into the advice segment, I just had a couple of like group questions just for all of us to be able to answer. Um, I'll be answering some of them as well about my college experience because um, I feel like these will be able to help other college students as well. Um, so my first question, and I guess I'll start with mine, is what made you choose your 
college and was it your dream college? For me, I chose the University of Florida. Honestly, I don't know if it would have been my dream college if I didn't live in Florida. But <laughs> when I found out more detail about like the journalism program, and when I found out more about it being like the top school in Florida, I was like, okay, this might be the one for me. And then also, I didn't want to stay at home. <laughs> so I was like, this is like a nice like two hour drive. So it's not too bad. Like I can go home when I need to. Um, but overall, I did not think I would get in, but I did. So I guess this was, yeah, my dream. Actually, no. Um, my dream college was Carnegie Mellon, just because I love their like theater program, and it's just like known for being really extensive. But I liked American's um, theater program because it was all encompassing. Like I'm able to do stage managing, which is kind of a nightmare. Um, but I heard that it, it it's a lot of work, but it can be fun. Um, and I'm able to do um, just like different aspects of theater, like directing, um, stagecraft. Uh, I think it's really helpful to have just like a really multifaceted um, view of theater. So I think that's you know been really helpful, even though it's not yeah. my first choice. Um, for me, uh, be truthful. I don't either really know why I chose <laughs> South Florida as my. Uh, <laughs> They accepted me, and I was like, okay. And um, I already had family that was down there, so I was like, my cousin's down there, so I'm going down there too. And uh, that, from from where I live in Pensacola in Tampa, it's like a six-hour drive. And so I was like, that was a real, uh, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> I to you, but um, and plus, honestly, what took me over was when I toured the school and see how beautiful the campus the campus was. I was like, yeah, this is a beautiful campus, so let me let me go. And then everything else just kind of sort of fell in line. But when it came to picking my um, master's program, I was like, I, I didn't, I can't do six hours back and forth again. Like I just, I cannot do six six hours. So that's why I was looking in like Georgia, because Georgia is actually closer to Pensacola where I am versus any other place in Florida. So I was like, okay, I can drive to Georgia versus or Alabama. And so then. Um, and then FAMU came and two hours versus six hours was great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was able to hop back and forth on the, on the road if I needed to, go to the weekend, come back. I don't have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning like I had to driving from Tampa. But um, that was my reason and I love them. I love them both, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think um, it wasn't, Yale yeah, wasn't my dream school. Uh, I actually hadn't even Honestly, I didn't know much about Ivy Leagues um, before my junior year. Uh, I've probably heard about them, you know, a couple times. I knew they were supposed to be really good schools, but I hadn't even, you know, it wasn't even something I was really, you know, considering. Uh, it wasn't really in my, like, wasn't even in my imagination at that point. Um, but I think my dream school was Duke. I really loved Duke. And, uh, you know, it was like something about the campus, you know, just the area. Even though Duke is also a PWI, and it was, you know, it is very white too, but um, I thought, you know, <laughs> I, I did a campus tour there when I was younger, and so that was like, you know, my standard for schools. But, um, you know, then when I came down to choosing, uh, I had a couple different Ivy League schools that I was looking at. And then at the end, it came down to FAMU and, um, and Yale. And I had dual enrolled at FAMU my senior year. And so, you know, I was familiar with it. You know, I love the campus. But I think, you know, the, the biggest factor for me was just I need to get away from home, you know, experience something different. And um, Yale is like, you know, to, it's, it's like, if you were driving, it's like 15 hours from Tallahassee, it's, it's, it's far, but 
you know, it's, it was definitely something completely different. Um, definitely a complete change of scenery. And when I got to campus and just saw it, you know, it was definitely, I was, I was sold. I was ready at that point. So. <laughs> yes. um, what influenced you guys to choose your major and did you change it at all? For me, I chose broadcast journalism. At first, I was like trying to decide what I wanted to do because I went back and forth a lot. Like I was like, maybe I want to be a nurse, maybe I want to be a lawyer, maybe I want to be a teacher. Then I was like, okay, realistically, I'm really good at writing and I'm really passionate about advocating um, for other people. So I was like, you know what, like journalism might be the one and I took creative writing in my senior year. Um, and I wasn't even supposed to take that class, it just was there and like, I needed a elective and so I took it and it was the best decision because the teacher that I had there, she kind of pushed me into looking into journalism, which is why I chose it. And as far as ever changing my career, I probably won't um, because I just don't see myself really wanting to do anything else or being as passionate for anything else. So, yes. <laughs> Did you guys, um, what did you guys choose your majors? Um, I really had no interest in acting until like my freshman year of high school. And then um, my high school didn't like actually have a theater program, but I took, well, we had a, um, like a drama class as an elective, which mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, that's kind of strange. <laughs> um, but I took it and I, at first I hated it. And then I ended up loving it. And then I just mm -hmm. ended up, um, studying theater throughout my high school experience. I just um, did dual enrollment at my local community college. And that was really great exposure for me. Um, and also like I kind of was able to see that acting could actually be a career, like theater performance could actually be a career. Um, just because like I don't come from a family that's really artistically inclined. Um, so it was kind of me going out of my comfort zone. And even when trying to figure out my major in college, like when I was applying, I sort of put it in the back of my mind as not really being realistic until I sort of, I don't know, I think I just kind of stepped out on faith. Like for most of the schools that I applied to, I applied as I think like creative writing or something, just because I was like this, could be more feasible which I don't know how <laughs> but like it could be more feasible I guess because I'm really just not like I don't see myself doing really anything else and I applied to I think either like one or two schools um with theater because I was like you know what I might as well just do it mm -hmm. and I actually ended up just getting into the schools that I applied to as a theater major and I was like maybe it's a sign you know right. and I have really not like been upset with my choice since it's like I was saying like it's just completely different from anything that I thought I would be doing and anything that I have been doing and it's been challenging me I think for the better um so yeah um for me why did I want to get into broadcasting um I like to talk and uh, I couldn't really do anything else like I and I sucked at sciences. I was horrible in chemistry and the bios and the math. So I was like, well, can't do anything with those three. Um, and but I feel like once I was in yearbook and I, I, was, I was always a sports editor for the yearbook. And um, I, I was horrible at being an athlete. So I was like, okay, I love sports and I love being in journalism. So 
let's try to put those two things together. Um, and so then I was like, okay, Stuart Scott's one of my favorite, one of my favorite sports broadcasters. So I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to be the next Stuart Scott. And then I tried it and um, <laughs> it didn't work out. So I was like, all right, on to the next one. So it was like my, my senior year of um, being at USF. And that's when I started being in director booth and producing. And it was still sports. I was, I was directing sports broadcasting. I was directing sports shows. And I was like, this is what I love to do. Because like as Tatiana said, it was just like, you love advocating for people. And for myself, I just love to show the athlete like outside of his or her uniform. And I just love bringing information to the culture. And um, that's what I love to do. Like, I feel as though there's some people who who are led with the dollar sign and, there's, and then there's in dollar sign and security and there's people who are led with passion. And yes, there are times when I'm just like, man, I wonder what, what would my life be like if I took on, you know, a doctor or took on a, 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 a field that's more secure. I was like, I'll be bored. Like, I'll be bored and I'll be regretting what I did. And so, I'm, I love the choice that I did. I, I chose journalism because it's my passion. And I, I chose specifically sports broadcasting because I love sports. I was horrible at being an athlete. And it just, it was just like the best of both worlds. So, that's why, that's why I chose it. Right. <laughs> I chose um so going in I'm sticking with my psychology major uh as of right now I'm only uh this is only my second year of college though so I mean obviously that could change but um I came in originally trying to go pre-med and you know I was thinking you know I could do this I could be a doctor and then you know I kind of started losing passion for it a little bit and then, you know, I got into my first chemistry class um, and it just, it woke me. You know, I just, you know, I was not even, I was not even, because I, I, I had taken biology at, at uh, FAMU and I was like, I got an A. I was like, you know, I'm in there. I'm like, I got this, you know. But then I got to chemistry and I was like, all right. Never mind. I was like, I don't know. So, it like, so, you know, I was like, I, I started to think about it and, you know, reevaluate what I really wanted to do. And, you know, the more I thought about it, I don't really want to be, you know, I had like an actual doctor, you know, like a doctor, but I do want to be in healthcare. And um, so, you know, what I kind of decided on, which is what I kind of decided on before I even came to school, but it kind of, you know, it, it became more clear, um, was I wanted to go into hospital management. And I definitely want to still be, you know, involved in the healthcare system and, uh, you know, providing healthcare for people. And... That's definitely, I feel like my passion, you know, I've done a lot of things. So, and I definitely want to be able to give back to communities. So, you know, I feel like being able to, you know, get into healthcare management and help lower costs for patients and hospitals, you know, in order to provide better healthcare. Um, that's something that I'm interested in doing. And so, you know, I feel like for me, uh, Yale doesn't offer a business major and psychology has been a passion of mine since like junior year. I took one psychology class, you know, at, uh, in my high school took one, you know, at FAMU and, you know, just kept on taking them at this point. And I just feel like, you know, that's definitely something I can see myself majoring in and finishing. And uh, I don't think I would change that. Uh, I definitely feel like it's, it's a passion, something I'm interested in. The only thing I would add, I, I'm thinking about um, double majoring in African-American science, African-American studies. Uh, because, you know, that's another passion of mine. You know, I love, you know, I love black people. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, like, I... It's something I'm interested in. I definitely want to, you know, be able to just read more things, um, you know, by African-American, you know, 
researchers and, and authors. And, you know, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm very rooted in African-American studies, I guess myself, you know, I, I've lived my own life, you know, I, um, but, you know, at the same time, I just want to get a different perspective and I feel like it would add a lot to my uh, overall experience. Right. And then this, um, this next question is kind of like two in one, but um, do you guys feel like your high school prepared you for college? And um, not only like did your high school prepare you for college, but do you, do you think that college life would be different than what you actually experienced? Um, for me, I feel like high school didn't, I mean, it kind of prepared me but I feel like more so the AP classes pre prepared me, not in a way like the work. I feel like the work was really unnecessary, some of the stuff we did, but I feel like as far as like having to stay late and like the workload, like that prepared me for college. Um, and, and I definitely thought college like would be a lot different than what I experienced, like based off of what I saw on like some of my older friends, like on their social media and um, just some of like the college movies and shows and stuff, like I thought it would be a completely different ball game, but um, yeah, it was not that. So what would you guys say? Um, I think, I feel like high school like did its best to kind of prepare me because I went to a college preparatory high school, which um, it was just a high school. I mean, yeah. Um, well, I think the, like really confusing thing about my school was that we were project-based learning so we didn't have tests but we were college preparatory which I just didn't understand because it's like how y'all gonna teach me how to prepare for a test that I'm not taking like I don't get it <laughs> so that was, I mean I knew how to take a test but I was very rusty on like studying tactics so that was really a culture shock for me and that's kind of what high school didn't provide for me also just because I didn't really have a you know theatrical high school training like that kind of was also um, something that I had to learn mostly on my own or rely on school to provide um but also I think this I feel like we can all attest to this like in college you just have much more free time or you have much like less time when you're in class. Like when I was in high school, I used to be getting up at like 7.30 to be prepared to like do work all day. And then in college, it's so weird. Like you can get up at like 11, go to class at 3, <laughs> and come by 5. Like, I'm like, what do I do today? It was just really confusing to me just like trying to figure out a schedule or like trying to figure out like how to, you know, not like take a nap <laughs> for the rest right. of the day. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, for me, like on a social level, high school did not prepare me at all. Mm -hmm. Like I was like I had my friends when I was in high school, but it was just like your classroom friends. Like you don't see them outside. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> when you're in college, like your friends become your family because you see them every single day. You see them in between classes. You see them in class. You see them walking down. Like and so on the social level, no. Like the academic level, I was in the IB program, and that's like the International Baccalaureate program. And that program, I mean, like I say, like Tatiana said, like unnecessary work. That's what we got, uh, unnecessary workload of work. And so like I was used to like the long nights like that. So that wasn't new, new to me when I got to college, but overall did high school prepare me for college? No, I mean, it taught me what I want to do. I feel like it prepared me in some ways. Um, 
you know, from just some of the classes I took, I definitely felt like some of the knowledge carried over and some of the study school, just some of the, some of the study skills carried over. Um, but overall, you know, I think, you know, I will blame myself a little because I, I definitely tried to take certain classes to avoid certain things, but you know, um, overall it was just so different. Um, I think that one thing I will say is, uh, dual enrollment definitely helped me a lot just to get a feel for what different college classes workloads would be like, and just, you know, what was expected differently. Um, but you know, just my regular high school classes definitely didn't do much to, um, to prepare me, I feel like. And I will say, uh, you know, maybe the social aspect, I completely agree with you on how like, you know, you have your school friends and I definitely have friends, you know, outside of classes too, you know, I would hang out with, but like, you just don't hang out with them the same amount of, you know, the time that you spend hanging out with your college friends, you know, like you don't sit there and you don't, you don't, you don't every day, you know, go to your friend's house or go to your friend's room and, you know, do that. But in college, you know, all you got to do is call your friend, you know, walk down the hall, walk across, you know, campus or whatever. And y'all can do whatever, you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely just so much different. Um, and that was, I think that was a pleasant surprise because high school definitely had me a little worried about, you know, what was going to be different. But um, I think um, it, it didn't prepare me all the way, but I don't think the adjustment was that bad. But, like, I think that friendship dynamic is, like, really important when you're in college because it's, like, like I can legitly call, girl, what you doing? Oh, you in class? Okay, I'll come sit with you. Like, it's, it's like, those things, it's like, like, how you say it, like, that that schedule thing. It's just, like, okay, my friend's in class, but I'm out of class, so let me go sit in class with her for a little while, and then we can go eat. We can go to the cab. You go down right. to the cab. It's just, like... Like, and you would think you would get sick of seeing your friends every single day, but it's like, well, that's, that's the only thing that you know and you see. It's just like, hey, I'm in it. We struggling together. Like, we're going to go to the library. We're not going to do anything, but you're in the library. <laughs> I'm going to go to. And so it's, 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 a, it's definitely different. Like in high school, y'all just together in class because y'all got the same thing. But no, in, in college, y'all do some things together. Like, y'all, y'all are like, Y'all experience some things together that you that you keep to yourselves until the day you die. <laughs> I don't know why college. I, this is gonna sound like so crazy, but I feel like college has made me like less thrilled about group projects. Like I don't know why in high school I was like, you know what, I'm okay with you know taking initiative. Now I'm like, who gonna do this slide? in college i mean because in high school like you know everyone in your classroom so it's okay if you get but like in when you're in college it's like the professors already put you in a group or you just put yourself in a group with the with three people that sit next to you and then nine times out of ten one out of them three people gonna gonna fold and they're not gonna show up until the, the day of project yeah. it's like do I put your name on this project and let you get this grade after I put all the work in? Or do I just be like, just be petty and be like, I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> I've done that plenty of times. Like, I know you have a project and homie, he didn't come to the whole project. And so I was like, you ain't show up. So your name right. ain't show up on the project. And so the professor yeah. was like, what happened? I was like, homie ain't show up. So his name didn't show oh, up on the project. Like, <laughs> in high school, it's like, no, we're going we're gonna to let you do what you got to do. In college, right. no. That's what my time Because I'm paying for this class. Exactly. That's why I feel like college overachievers are just on another level. I'm like, I wish, I truly wish I had that same kind of stamina. Because I don't know, I think there's like a, 
if of course there's like a competitive nature in like all academic spaces but i feel like college people really push it to the edge like i don't know if y'all noticed this but in class it's always people who gotta type really loud clank that hydro flask i'm like you did it we're learning so i think that really like especially within a group project setting sometimes it's like I think you want to do the majority of the work, so I will let you. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm contributing. I'm also usually the person who does the presenting because as like a communications minor, like that's, you know, yep. kind of my field. So like, I'm okay with that. But I think also just like this realm of overachievers and this realm of people that like need to prove themselves in like an unrealistic way they sort of end up just really taking the the reins on projects which i'm like you know what do that yeah <laughs> and then my last question um before we get into the advice i wanted to just ask you guys um i know that there is a lot of like inequality in the education system which i talked about in episode four of my podcast um so do you guys feel like you experience a culturally diverse education or do you feel like you don't learn as much about black history and like do you feel like we need to have more of it implemented into our education for me i think um I was actually kind of shocked. I feel like I have learned quite a few things that I didn't know about Black history. Um, in a few of my classes, like we had to take um, a What is the Good Life class, which is, um, I don't know, it was just like a class where we had to learn how to live the good life. Like you have to take the class to understand. Um, and then uh, we had to, um, in my religious class, learn about um, the background behind why Black people are usually Christian and like things like that. So I feel like I've kind of learn a little bit, but as far as like high school, middle school, um, no, not really. And I do feel like they should implement it more, but no. What do you guys think? Um, I feel like, I feel like I learned most about black history in high school, um, just because I went to a predominantly um, black high school. I feel like I went to a predominantly black middle school too, and that didn't really, like there wasn't really an emphasis on black history because I think um, for like middle school, elementary school, um, there's kind of this notion that like young children can't handle stories of oppression or can't handle history of, uh, you know, negative or like, you know, slavery, genocide, like, which is not true. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So high school, I think really helps to dismantle a lot of the ideas that I had um, about the Black experience, um, about uh, Jim Crow, slavery, civil rights. Like I really was able to learn a lot. And then of course I was um, inspired to do sort of my own learning. And I also was really inspired by my Black friends to, you know, be involved in a lot more, um, uh, just like learning more and like just being involved in, in more uh, community and just like black community wide like projects and and things like that um but college um well I mean I really don't get as much of a sort of like historical or like political like view that I would really like just because of just like what I'm studying um and even in theater like there's such a European like way of thinking a way of doing like there's like the Stanislavski method the like Uta Hagen like method of like 
acting or of like, you know, the way that you perform, which are all sort of like white Western um, ways of thinking of acting, which is like, that's cool um, and fine, but it's very regimented and it's very like object exercises, which is um, just sort of trying to create a realistic view of acting rather than like using, like acting with your body or rather than, um, which those tend to be much more, um, like those tend to be um, like outside of the American or European view of theater and of performance. So I kind of had to like go outside of that to um, engage in those kinds of art, which I personally appreciate better. Also, we really don't get that many um, texts from outside of, like I was saying, like European, you know, um, theater. Like we don't really get to do that many um, African or South American or Asian plays, which is also frustrating. So yeah, I have to sort of go out of my way to get Black history and to get BIPOC history. Right. Um, there's always opportunity and there's always room to learn more about African-American history. And like Ariel just said, she has to go out of her way at her institution to learn more about her upcoming, like basically her African-American history. And like, that's a sad thing to say. Like no matter what level you're on, you can learn about African-American history. If they can start as, if they can start to as low as elementary and teach you about American history, you can show that there's more than just Sojourner Truth and Dr. Martin Luther King. Right. Point blank. And especially when you're in college, like, like yeah, we have like the basic African-American lit and we have the basic African-American history classes, but like there's more to us than that. Like yeah. we're, we're we're such a diverse race that you can teach us more. And I feel as though the time that we're living in now, like the stuff that's been going on just this year, has proven how much we thought we knew about ourselves, but we still like even with like the big thing of Juneteenth. Like even myself, I had to relearn about this holiday and about like what it meant to us and the meaning behind it and why we should be pumped so heavy for it. And it just shows like, if that's taught in the classroom, because that's not taught, like in all of my teachings, that was never taught to me. Like I had to go out my way to say, to learn about something that should be taught in, in the classroom, should be taught in the textbooks. And like, I feel as though now this should have been like, you would think it's a wake up call, but should, they're gonna start initiating this. But of course there's always a disruptivity and there's always more that you can be doing. And to say that, like, I guess, and you say like, you don't want to teach genocide and slavery so young to kids, but it's, it happened. Like, why are you trying to hide history at a young age? Like, you're going to learn about it eventually. Then you'll be, like, older like us and just find out things that you didn't know. So teach it. Like, if it's history, teach about it. Like, you, they whitewash everything else, but no, tell us the truth. Right. I completely agree. And I feel like, you know, just a lot of things I feel like I knew and I learned basically not from classrooms, but being with my grandparents and, you know, people who experienced some of these civil rights things themselves, you know, like my grandparents were, you know, they were, they were some of the first people to integrate their high schools in South Georgia. And it's just like, I definitely feel like, you know, schools only touch on, you know, the same token black figures in every, you know, class. They tell you about Martin Luther King because, you know, like he's a safe, he's a safe person to talk about. You know, they feel like, you know, he told about, you know, peaceful protesting. And you're like, okay, you know, yeah, you can go peacefully protest. They talked about, you know, how, you know, they talked about uh, Rosa Parks, you know, they'll tell you the token figures 
but they won't tell you just how big of an influence black people have had on American society. You know, and they'll tell you about, you know, all these, you know, different white figures, you know, the founding fathers and all this, but you know, they, they won't tell you about, you know, the institutionalized racism of our country. You know, they won't admit to something like that. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to own up to that and they don't want to, you know, make that common knowledge or, you know, they wouldn't, you know, talk about the effects of slavery that they that are still, you know, remaining present today. And, you know, honestly, even, you know, in their presentation of slavery, a lot of times, you know, they say, oh, you know, well, you know, they were happy. They got, free. you know, like they don't tell us, you know, the realities of this stuff and tell us how bad, you know, these situations were. And, you know, because of that, we have people who are kind of confused and, you know, feel like, you know, what, what does slavery have to do with me? That was so long ago. But they don't understand the effects that, you know, it's having today. And, um, you know, whether it's high school education, you know, college education, you know, obviously if you take a college class that is geared at telling you this stuff, then you're going to find out, you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to be in the curriculum. But chances are you have to go out of your way to find a class like that. You know, you have to, that's not, that's not a common history class. You know, if you take American history, you're not really going to learn about, you know, black Americans or, you know, free slaves or, you know, people who built this country, people who made such great contributions you're just going to hear about the white people and you know i feel like you know i, I just it's it's definitely doing us all a disservice not just black people but you know white people too because you know for you to be confused about you know what what's really happening in this country and you know that that'll contribute to your own prejudice against other people you know and so i definitely think that you know if we if we you know try to get this better in, in, you know, school. And like, in exactly what you were talking about with massacres, you know, we didn't hear about the Tulsa massacre on a wide scale until this year. I had no idea about that. You know, it's, it's, it's horrible, you know? And, uh, you know, but once we start, you know, addressing these on the school level, you know, in order to tell children this and, and you know, instill these, these events and, you know, ideas in their minds, then until we do that, I mean, we're not gonna really move forward you know, because people aren't addressing the real problems. That is it for part one. Make sure to check out part two.